Blog Talk Radio. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Book Journeys Radio. My name is Dr. Angela Loria. I am the founder of the Author Incubator and creator of the difference process for writing a book that matters. Each week on Book Journeys, we talk to an author about their experience writing, publishing, and marketing a book. And today on the show, we've got Dr. Charles Rawlings. He is the author of It Really Is That Complicated. If you want to follow along, go ahead and head over to itreallyisthatcomplicatedbook.com. It Really Is That Complicated Book. Dr. Rawlings, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Angela. It's a pleasure to be here. It's great to have you. Why don't you tell us, let's just start by tell us a little bit about the book, what it's about, and why you decided to write it. Okay. Um, The book is more or less about your listeners, the readers. It's about uh, everyday folks, men and women, and the relationships in which they find themselves, Um, be it first date, long-term dating, a committed relationship, a live-in relationship, a marriage. It's it's about that type of of relationships, those relationships. It's a book written by me, a mature male, from his viewpoint. But I can tell you that every person that has read the book and has come back to me and says, you know, I see something in there either about myself, about my significant other, or about the relationship that I'm in. And the problems that are there, it's a very truthful book. It doesn't pull any punches. And um, people come back and say, you know, I see some I see some solutions to some of our problems. Well, I just like I just feel validated by the title because it really does feel that complicated. So I, I like someone acknowledging that for me. <laughs> it really is that complicated. Yeah, it's that's the first truism. Uh, I mean, the title is the first truism. I mean, people these days, you know, they're used to Facebook, YouTube, sound bites. You know, go in, go out, just set up a relationship. It's not that easy. It really is that complicated. Huh. So what what made you want to write this? This is your first book, correct? Actually, this is my second book. My first book is entitled Living Shells. I'm also an underwater photographer, among other things, and uh, I did a coffee table book of underwater photography and that's it, that one's actually won a fair number of national and international awards. So this is my second wow. book. Okay, <laughs> yeah. well this is a long way from uh from pretty seashells. This is so, a very long way from pretty <laughs> seashells. <laughs> how did you but by the way, just because I was curious in case anyone else is, I just went to livingshells.com, dot com and I am seeing many pictures of very beautiful seashells. <laughs> oh, my goodness, these pictures are amazing. So go there, too. But we're going to talk about it really is that complicated. How did you come to write that book? How did you go from Living Shells, which is more of a photography-based book, to this book, which is, you know, probably 50,000 words about relationships? And I know we mentioned that you're a doctor, but we didn't tell everybody that you're actually an attorney, a neurosurgeon, and an accomplished award-winning underwater photographer. So you're really a renaissance man, but none of those really qualify you as a uh, as a relationship expert. So why that book? Ah, okay. Well, I would probably disagree a little bit about the relationship expert, if anyone can ever be called a, quote, expert. 
But um, okay, why? Yeah, but we'll get into that. Why did I write it? Because I have this outlook on life, this sort of honest, truthful outlook on life. And after I was divorced, I started going into sort of the dating field and was just astonished and amazed about how really difficult and really complicated that is. And I was talking to many of my friends, many of whom are actually women, and they're like, you know, instead of talking about it, this is important stuff. This is this is solutions to a lot of people's problems. Write a book. Make it make it readable, make it quick. They can pick it up. They've got, you know, it's sort of like sound bites, 10 chapters write it, and they will read it, and they'll have some solutions to their problems. And so that's really why I wrote it. It's it's like a counterpart to that book um, that was out, I don't know, a while ago. Um, what is it, the rules The rules one, that book? Well, it's, it's not the rules one. It's the one he's really not that into. He's not that into you. Okay. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's for sort of the 20-year-olds and the 20-somethings. This is more for the mature folks, you know, a little bit older who are in relationships, who, you know, are married, are are committed, and are just having these problems. And it, it ranges all the way from trips, home ownership, sexual boredom, all the way to what you can do about them. Wow. So this is fascinating to me because, it sounds to me, and tell me where I'm wrong here, but that you wrote this book because you wanted to help people, that you felt like you had figured something out maybe through trial and error or some process of your own, and this was something that you wanted to share with other people beyond your circle of friends? Absolutely. This is These are solutions or and thoughts about problems in modern relationships as seen from a a mature professional who has some insight and has lived instead of a 22-year-old who's just dating. Right, right. Okay. So so you decide to write this book, you with, you know, with some advice from friends, you get the idea you're going to write the book. Tell us what that process once you decided to write it um, what was that process like for you? How did you write it? How long did it take? Did you take time off from work or other pursuits, or did you fit it in? How did you, how'd you find the time? Tell us about that process. Sure. Um, well, interestingly enough, I sat down with a group of close, close female friends, and in about 45 minutes, we had the outline of the book, just sort of going back and forth with ideas and issues things that were important to them, things that were important to women, things that were important to men, things that were important in relationships. And we actually had an outline of the book with 10 chapters in about 45 minutes. Um, Okay, I want to stop you there because I think, and then I want to get back to that thread, but I think that's a really, really important place for people to pay attention in the in the different process that I teach, the first part is to identify a um, an ideal reader. And the reason we identify that ideal reader is because we want to write the book to them, almost as a love letter to them, almost like a, a personal communication. And one of the ways that I recommend people do that is by actually going and talking to their ideal reader. 
so that you are writing the right stuff. You're, the assumptions you make as an author may not be the right ones. This is a perfect way to do it, and it accomplishes a couple things at the same time. You ended up in 45 minutes having an outline that you knew would speak to your ideal reader because you were sitting across the table from them. So Absolutely. I just wanted to stop and highlight that. I think that is a great takeaway from today's uh, interview for sure for people. Okay. To not be afraid. And this is a it's a personal topic. So I don't know if it was, you know, hard or easy, but it's still you're asking them to talk about some pretty intimate stuff and being, you know, being brave and, and asking for that probably led to a much better book than if you tried to get. Uh, I agree. I mean, I, and, and all along during the process, I had several different women and a couple of men actually read the chapters as I wrote them. And they would either validate or just say, you know, that doesn't make sense, that's not flowing, and not necessarily critiquing on the actual writing style so much as just the ideas that were in it. And in terms of writing, I didn't take any time off work. What I basically did was in the evenings – I would just have feel and the urge would come over me. It's it's sort of like you feel like now's the time to start writing. And I would pick a paragraph, I mean a, a chapter, and try and finish the chapter within, oh, say three weeks. Give myself three weeks. Mm-hmm. And if it didn't if it didn't finish itself in three weeks, then you'd say, okay, go to the next chapter, and then go to the next chapter. And it actually turned out that. Uh, a very good friend of mine, as she was reading the book, was like, "You know, this is a ve- this could be a very very dark book. You're not giving any people a lot of hope." And I'm like, "Well, you know, in a lot of relationships, and you look around, and people who you, your listeners are going to be nodding their heads, there there's some really sad relationships around." And so she says, "Why don't you do this? Why don't you write the last chapter?" And Put in what you actually feel, what you you know, how you want to end the book, and that way you can tailor the remainder of the of the writing to that chapter. And mm. and she says like, be at least hold out some hope at the end. And actually, the last chapter I think is probably the best, and it's probably the most inspiring for f- people. And it's the one that you wrote first, or, or it's, it's one of the ones that I wrote first yeah like probably some of the chapters were fairly easy to to write uh some of the more emotional ones were more difficult and about after chapter oh about the fifth chapter that's when uh i went ahead and wrote the last chapter and threw in Mm -hmm. where i wanted it to go that's excellent so uh, how long was that process right from when you got the idea i'm going to write a book until you had a finished manuscript how long probably, did that take you? Probably about eight months or so. Okay. And during that time, were you thinking about publishing options? Did you know how you were going to publish? How did you make that decision? Well, after I had, obviously I had already published the first book and had gone through the process of trying to find a publishing company. And I can tell you that a large coffee table photography book in this even back back then when the economy was really poor, uh, I spent time marketing that book. And so I had some idea of how to approach a publishing company. And so uh, 
I had heard good things about my publisher, Author House, uh, who had just been bought up by Penguin, and so I approached them. And and this was this was also after I had had the book, obviously written. I had my editor, who is a wonderful editor from Australia. Her name is Emily Gower. Uh, she goes by the the title the word artist, and she's just amazing. She had she had looked over the book and had edited it, and then I'd had a copy editor look through it. So when I submitted it to Author House, it had gone been gone over pretty thoroughly with a fine tooth comb and I sent them the last chapter and they were they were thrilled. They couldn't wait. And so for you that was the only publisher you talked to. You knew you didn't want to go the traditional, you know, get an agent and find a publisher route and you knew you didn't want to handle the the technical and design details of publishing yourself. So for you this sounds like it was a pretty easy decision. Did you did you shop around? Did you look at other options? I didn't even shop around. I, like I said, I had heard very good things about Author House. Uh, I had I had my own editor. I had Emily. Um, I had my cover design graphic artist, and so it was basically just pitching it to them. And I really didn't even have to pitch it to them. They're like, "Yeah, we definitely want to want to." How uh, you had your own you had your own designer because I would think publishing I would think Author House would provide that as part of their publishing services. They they would they absolutely would and but I had already I'd already gotten Jill Shirley to do the to do the cover she's a, she's a wonderful graphic artist and she's very talented and so she, and she and I came up with the ideas for the cover but yeah Arthur House definitely has one of those in house or probably Got it. several and so you knew uh, that you were going to make an investment in this book because um, obviously Arthur House is a an author funded publishing option. Now, a lot of people get confused about terms here, so I'm going to give my definitions, um, but, you know, feel free to tell me how you think of it. When I personally think of self-publishing, I think of a really DIY effort. That's where you hire, like you did in your case, where you hire a designer and you hire someone to do the interior and the formatting or you learn how to do it yourself. You um, register your company as a publishing company so you can get an ISBN code and get an LCCN code from the Library of Congress. And it's really a, a not hard, but many hours of labor that you're either paying for or doing yourself. Um, but there are some great publishing houses like Author House or Balboa or Morgan James that are author-funded. So you maintain the copyright. It's still your book, but you're not physically self-publishing, meaning you're not doing those tasks. Um, but when you go that route, the author-funded route, you, you instead of your time, you give them your money. Well, um, and so, yeah, I was just going to ask you, how did you, how did you make that decision to spend the money on this, and was it easy or hard? What advice would you give people about? the trade-off between doing it yourself and doing it with an author-funded publisher. Well, I, I can also say that the author-funded, I, I agree totally with your analysis of self-publishing and author-funded. I can tell you that I negotiated a deal with Author House, which other people may or may not be able to do. Um, but I like the idea that I didn't have to do it all myself. It wasn't some fly-by-night uh, 
author endeavor that would end up, you know, with ten books stuck somewhere, you know, forever and ever. Uh, author House, and that, what I really wanted was the publicity and sort of the media campaign that they presented uh, along with the publishing options. And so that's what really, um, I wouldn't say sold me on Author House because I, I liked them anyway, but sort of pushed me over the edge. And that's essentially what I ended up paying for was more the publicity campaign than it was anything. Mm-hmm. And interesting. And so uh, your book launched, I think, over the holidays, end of the year, beginning of January. What has been, what kind of publicity have they contributed? What did you pay for? And was it worth it? Would you recommend it to other people? Um, I think it was worth it. Um, they, they, and maybe it's ongoing still. I'm not sure where you are in that process. It's, it's somewhat ongoing. It They set up a six- to eight-week 12-week, whatever you can negotiate with them, uh, or six months, you know, it's it's whatever you can, whatever you feel comfortable mm-hmm. with. Um, media campaign, and they present it to the the traditional print media, uh, radio, they pitch it to some of the internet agencies, uh, and, and, and give you publicity as much as you can. Now, Obviously, I'm not shy, and I'm pretty outgoing, and so I've also, you know, just sort of on the side done my own campaign in terms of local book signings and readings. I have, you know, obviously I have websites that are that are pretty decent, have Facebook that, um, you know, that I always post on and that people go on to and, and are, write their comments, but it's, it's, it's an interesting process. And so, so so give us some advice. I mean, this is the time in the call where I say um, publishing is something that trips up a lot of authors that I work with. Their belief is writing the book is, you know, 90, 80 to 90% of being an author. And, you know, publishing and marketing are for other people, and that's maybe going to take up 10% of their time. Um, as an author, you know, that's not exactly how it goes when you're on the other side. So what would you tell people that are, are stumped on the step? What do I do about a publisher? Who publishes this? Should I do it myself? Should I pay someone? Should I wait around and hope to get picked up by an agent or a traditional publisher? Um, my first thought would be to the author and to, to your listeners is how much do you believe in the book? How much do you want to get it out there? If you believe in it and you have – you know, it's not going to bankrupt you or anything like that. I'd use the money to uh, to, to go to an author, you know, an author house. I wouldn't necessarily try and do it yourself. Uh, if you are one of these folks who just do you want believe to, that? Do you believe that the money you've invested in author house you will get back in book sales? Yeah, I'm close now. Okay. Yeah. So that's great. Absolutely. So you feel like when you when you net out your time, your money, and book sales, that for you working with somebody and paying them was the right investment in in terms of the whole down. Absolutely. Even There's if no they get the first four months of sales, you're not going to make a dime for four months of sales. It's all basically going to pay them off, but it's worth that because you have the time and you also have their expertise. 
Right, and I have their contacts. And their contacts. Well, that's a great point. Can you say more about that? Um, well, I mean, they have all of these contacts in terms of of email blasts, um, literary sources. Uh, they had contacts for doing three literary reviews on the book. Um, wow. Things like that. And so that I, I'm, you can go to my Facebook and my website and see some of the quotes from the reviews that they. And that I they just wanna, out. I just wanna remind people that like you are obviously not a dumb guy. You're a, a neuroscientist, spent years as a doctor, and then just I guess you were bored and got a law degree, and now have spent years as a practicing attorney. <laughs> um, because you know why not just be both? So. I'm just going to venture a guess that if you wanted to make contact in the literary review world, you could do it. If you wanted to learn how to be a publisher, I'm going to say you probably got the mental aptitude to cross that off your list. So (laughs) it's not that it couldn't be done, but I think this is a really important lesson. I'm, I'm spending some time here because this is the takeaway. Authors get so focused on control, control of their message or their copyright or the design or whatever that sometimes they forget to see the upside, both in terms of time and also the contacts that you mentioned. Like, you can go develop those contacts. You know, that's something that's within your skill set, but is that the best use of your energy as an author? Is that the best use? So it seems scary to stroke a check for a few thousand dollars, but when you really net everything out for a lot of authors, it's a better decision because you get a better result. So I, I just, I just wanted to emphasize that point. Yeah, no, I agree with okay. you. Okay. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, well, I, I will say this: I'm, an agent would be interesting. I, I'm. I, I have, like I said, I've never had an agent. I've, I've thought about seeking one out, um, but I've never done that. But the, the other thing you had mentioned about the writers, and the, this was some of what the PR folks were telling me, a, they think 80% of the work is writing. Well, 80% of the mm-hmm. work may be writing, but believe me, another 50% is you marketing. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, I know it's over 100%, and that's what I mean. It takes yeah. that much effort. <laughs> And because the folks there at Author House in their PR department are like, well, you'll do. Would you would you mind doing a radio interview or going to author signing? I'm like, are you kidding me? I'd love to do radios or radio interviews or do signings. And they're like, wow. Well, most of our authors they don't want anything to do with doing radio shows or or signings or anything like that. I'm like, man, how do you get out and market your book? Right. So you had, and maybe this is because you had done the show book, but you did have an expectation of um, that there would be promotional work. You had an expectation that you would be required to do some marketing for your book. A lot of authors have that, uh, if you build it, they will come mentality. So I've never seen anyone build something and they come. You have to at least get the word out that it's been built. It's really too bad, but it's true. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that's the that's the lesson we all learn. So, okay, so you have a strategy for publishing, and then for promotion, it sounds like you've had a two part strategy. One is to rely on uh, 
your your publishing partners for some of the marketing, and then you've also taken your own initiative and put some some promotional uh, programs together without Author House. So if um, you know if there was somebody out there thinking about how to promote their book and they knew they weren't they didn't have a publisher, they were going to do it on their own. What do you think is the most effective thing that you have done? Websites and Facebook. I think that's probably the two most effective things. In fact, I'd say Facebook is probably better than the website because it's more interactive and it's more uh, fluid. And did you do a Facebook? um, Did you do a Facebook uh, Facebook ads or just a Facebook page or? It's a it's a Facebook page and then some of the posts are being promoted. I mean, if you go look it oh, up. Oh, then it's, you it's, do the promote post, yep. Yeah, it okay. really is that complicated. It's, uh, you can go see the Facebook now. That's awesome. So, and if people want to check that out on Facebook, they should go to, um, it really is that complicated, Facebook, uh, is there a link on the it really is that complicated page, or should they just go to Facebook? No, there's there's there are links all on the websites. You can link between all my all my websites and also my Facebook pages. Awesome. So, um, and and that's where you feel like you've gotten the most uh, response for your effort has been through um, finding fans on Facebook. I would say so. Yes. That's great. That's great advice. And did you? Is that something you knew, or did you find a Facebook marketer to work with? And if no, so, I mean, is that that's somebody you would that's, recommend? That's something I pretty much knew. Figured it out. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's terrific. So um, we've only got a few minutes left, but one of the things I like to talk about, um, I always like in in diet books how they show the before and after pictures. Uh-huh. Um, and so I always ask people. Before and after you were an author, because that, that that moment that you're holding your book in your hand for the first time is one of those pivotal life moments that you can never come back from. You're always an author that always gets added to your to your bio or your self description of yourself as an author. So, what are some of the things, both I guess of Living Shells and from this book, what are some of the things that have happened to you that wouldn't have happened if you weren't an author? Opportunities oh, okay. you've had, or people you've met. Give me, give me some before and after stories. Sure. Um, it's it's it, so many things come to mind. I mean, I can take for instance with this book. It really is that complicated. Every time I read a comment on Facebook, or someone goes and likes the book, I know that I am touching a reader. I am I am having someone come in and say. You know, I like this. Here's my comment. Or I don't like it. I mean, there's certainly controversial subjects in the book, and and but I'm at least getting them to think about it. Every time I do a radio show, which the books have opened those up tremendously, I'm discussing it with the with the readers and the listeners about some of the very important points about relationships, um, and it's 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 really also from from a photography standpoint and we're back to the first book it's very gratifying to see me winning the London Book Festival in art and photography it's it's like wow that's pretty amazing yeah see wow i'm like wow they do like my photography it's like it's like Aww. Sally Fields getting up there going you really they do like, like me, me. <laughs> 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, so, so what would you say to somebody who, and it sounds like you have no problem in your life with motivation in general, but a lot of people want to write a book and they're just not able to finish it, whether they self-sabotage or talk their, themselves out of it or they face procrastination or whatever their reasons are. There are a lot of people that want very much to finish their book and they're in some way stuck. Do you have any advice? Yeah, they're they're stuck like most people are in life. They're scared. They have some fear about something, some fear of failure, some fear that they won't finish it. There's some fear that it won't be good. you got to get over the fear. And there's an entire chapter in my book about fearing and why fear is bad. It's very negative. You've got to get over the fear. You've got to just go out and write. It doesn't matter. You're not going to fail. It's it's something you're doing, and there's absolutely nothing to be scared of. It's going to be good. It's whatever you write. It's your own words. What do you do? You get scared, and what do you do when you get scared? I I have I'm past that. Uh, there I've, there's very <laughs> what did you do? Scare me, huh? What what did you do? I you looked can at remember the, back. I looked at the very worst possible occurrence, and mm-hmm. when you look at it like that, it's like, well, that's not really very scary. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I think that's great to end on is, you know, as an author, if you run into an obstacle and you can look at the worst-case scenario and realize you can probably handle that, and you've probably handled worse, whether you wanted to or not. <laughs> so, um, so Dr. Rawlings, I so appreciate your time today. Dr. Rawlings uh, has two books out. If you are a shell aficionado, aficionado, I recommend checking out livingshells.com. He's also the author of It Really Is That Complicated, which you can find at itreallyisthatcomplicatedbook.com and on Amazon. So thanks for being with us today. Well, thank you, Angela. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. And we'll be back next week changing the world one book at a time.